0: And Wilbur will call, and evening is night, I'll hurry to my blue heaven, you turn to the right, you find a little bright light, that leads you to my blue heaven, you find a cozy place, fire place,
1: And welcome, all faithful patrons of the bar. Uh, We welcome to another edition of the Shape at Mob Pod, a podcast you can't refuse. Um, As always, brought to you on the Full Press Radio Network, my name is Mike DeBate, and I am joined by my co-host, my cohort in crime. He is the Sonny to my Jimmy Whispers, Thomas Murphy. Tom, always a pleasure to join me, and uh, we've got a fun one tonight and a very special guest on the line, which I'll get to in a minute.
0: Yeah, you're right. It is always a pleasure to join you, bud. <laughs> it is. you like how I dropped uh, that
1: in there, huh? Yeah, I that know. Was, that, yeah, was that was good. good. Yeah, that was hi, good. Guys. Not taking
0: yeah, yeah not well, taking I, any chances here.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's always, we're in a jovial mood tonight in the bar. I think everybody can see that. The patrons we 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 are all smiles, everything's all good. Hopefully there's mm-hmm. no hitmen behind me. But I mean I'll tell you we're really we're in uh, uh we're in a mode right now and it's always it, always man. good.
0: It's it's dollar draft night and we're we're just happy to be here. Yep.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, well, I did mention that we do have a special guest on the line we do. and uh our special guest needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway simply because he is that damn good. <laughs> um, as I had stated uh several times, I've been waiting a long time to be able to share the microphone with this gentleman, uh one of the finest writers in any genre in any uh, you know, walk of life that you'll ever find. Uh Dave writes the type of content that you would love to be able to say, damn, I wish I wrote that. <laughs> um, but in all actuality, uh, you definitely, you know this gentleman again uh, as the Patriots beat man for the Concord Monitor. But he is also an avid film buff, and most importantly, he is dad to Doc Brown. He joins us on the Full Press Radio Network hotline this evening, uh, Mr. Dave Brown. Dave, welcome to Shea Bippy tonight. And for the next hour plus, my friend, now you just can't leave.
2: Well, thanks. And good evening, and we're gonna to have to do this all over again because that intro is too much. I can't. Li- <laughs> I can't. There's no living up to that. This is just is a- just. This is a hit job right here. You're just yep. trying to do me that's in. Right. You just ratted me out to the feds, and oh, and, and I'm funny. I'm hung out to dry here, guys. So.
0: Uh, no, 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 no. Every every word that that Mike just said is absolutely true one of my favorite writers, uh, one of the only people that I actually pay to read online. Um, thank you for joining us, bud. We've been talking about doing this for a while. As Mike said, uh, Dave and I have done many, many shows together. Um, he's, he's been on my sports infusion podcast at, at at least two dozen times over, uh, over the years he's he's come on patriots uh place in and it's just it's it's always great to talk to you man and when we had a when Mike and I first started thinking about doing this show um Dave chimed in with my blue heaven when you do my blue heaven I'm on I'm on Dave is the first and only guest that we have ever allowed into the back room here besides all of you folks who 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 stop in but the only person that sat down with a drink and uh, and a bowl of popcorn just to talk about their love of a movie, and and this is one that that really you know I, I couldn't believe it you know that that you wanted you wanted in on this show didn't you?
2: Listen, I love this movie. Okay, I, I can't. I saw this movie in the theater when I was eleven years old, Did and you? and then when I was in college, it was one of those movies that started airing on cable mm-hmm. that you just on sit down. Loop. Right, and like and like people talk about how oh well, like Shawshank is on. I got to watch the whole thing. That's yep. like this kind of movie for me. And you right. can, listen, The Godfather can go choke in his garden. I don't care. This to wow. me is my this is my mob movie. Okay, like Sacrilege. like Holy whatever. W- listen, whatever Ray is up to with the helicopters and the cocaine, I don't care. I want Vincent Antonelli, and I want Barney Cooper Smith. Just just uh chatting it up and explaining vinny's philosophy on everything okay i could i could live in this forever
0: all right all right well mike take it away <laughs> No, and I mean, I, I
1: absolutely, you can hear the love that Dave has for this movie in his voice. Right. And, and i I got to tell you, I, I love it as well. This has been always one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, definitely one of the ones that when Murph and I, as he said, when we were talking about starting to do this show and talking about bringing Shapey Biffy to life, My Blue Heaven was always on our list. And when you had yeah. chimed in and said that you definitely want in, we definitely wanted you on the, uh, the the casting couch as well here, up here to talk about this movie. Um, I'm going to start off with a couple of tidbits, and we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction on this because it is a jovial mood here in Shade Bippy tonight. We yep. do want to, uh, you know, we, we want to talk about some of the philosophies of Vincent Antonelli, and I think that's going to be the real... Um, you know i think that's going to be the cadence that we're going to follow tonight rather than just run down the movie go through it plot by plot i think we'll probably go through a quote by quote i think it's probably a better way you, uh, you know to do this one
2: every scene has three quotes that i will remember for my whole life like that's how oh absolutely that's how crazy good this movie is do you guys know do you guys know the history of this movie the history of this movie
1: murph and i yeah murph and i were talking about it right before we came on and a lot of people may not know and dave i'm sure that you do uh in terms of the history behind it but uh there was a connection between the writer of this movie and the writer of goodfellas uh they were actually husband and wife believe it or not nicholas Pileggi wrote a book called wise guys which was the basis for the movie goodfellas and simultaneously nora efron who happened to be his wife who did Tragically passed away from cancer in 2012, uh, was the writer of this movie as well. And while, as Murph so eloquently put it before we came on the air tonight, there was Nicholas Pileggi telling the story of the guttural mafia and just the real seedy underbelly and, and then the, just all the dirty details and, and all the disgusting parts of being in the Italian mob. But there's Nora Ephron saying, I can make a comedy out of this. And it really does parallel the life of henry hill <laughs> who is the does. main character of uh the of goodfellas and really a parody uh vincent Antonelli is really a parody on the uh, the uh the, uh, the, the character of, of henry hill the actual well, man of henry hill believe it, it or not
2: it's interesting that you say a parody because i would argue Based on, and just based on Henry Hill calling into the Howard Stern show for decades, okay? How do you he, listen
0: he, to that shit?
2: Well, well, that aside, he used to yep. call in all the time. And let me tell you something the Henry Hill on that show is much closer to the Henry Hill in this movie than the Henry Hill and Godfathers. I'm sorry, the that Henry is Hill and, good I, and Goodfellas than the Henry Hill and Goodfellas. Yep. Yeah, that is
1: a good point, because really, I mean, there was so much comedy in the way that Henry Hill had to live his life in uh, seclusion, basically, under the the guise of of course, the witness protection program. I mean, obviously there are liberties that are taken and we saw one here, obviously they wouldn't put guys that were that closely connected with the mob in with each other. I mean, you see, and we're going to get into that in a right. little bit with Vincent Antonelli and his, his crew kind of, you know, forming a, a mob wave, but <laughs> the, uh, you know, finding the, uh, the place where the, <laughs> the, dirty the good rat. marinara sauce. Oh yeah. The good marinara sauce. And you know, the, the, the wife not being able to put up with it and, you know, doing the, the stuff that he does in the grocery store. I mean, that was probably very more biographical than people want to believe when it comes to right. stuff like this. And, Th- all this is the sequel. and all comedy comes from a great.
2: Yep. Th- listen, it's if true. you if yep. you love Goodfellas, this is the sequel. When he's talking at the end of that movie about, uh, you know how how he has become a snitch and and sort of bearing this emotional weight of having to go and live living their
0: life as the a schnook, you yes! know. and This is the
2: schnook. This is the schnook. This movie is the schnook. You know, you got arugula,
0: it's a vegetable. Okay? <laughs> this is this is this is exactly what happened to Henry Hill when the curtain came down and the FBI dropped him off. This is what happened. The funniest
2: shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the comedy aside, there is a there is a genuine sadness to Vincent Antonelli in this movie. Like as soon as he gets there, his wife leaves him. Yep. And, and, and she says, you'll find another wife. I know. But <laughs> like, he's like, I know. But um, I know. but he has to go through this period of time where he can't get the vegetables at the grocery store. He has no friends uh, except for the DA who keeps arresting him and his handler. And he, he sorts through all this stuff and builds a life for himself. And I think you know he, he can't see his mama. That, that scene where he's on the stand and they ask him, uh, you know, did you give this testimony so you could get a check from the government and a house? And he explains how, yes, I I did this because of the deal, but it's true. And he talks about all of the things, all of the hardships that he's had to endure as a result of this deal. And there is that little bit of sadness in that movie that reflects back to uh, Goodfellas with, with calling himself a schnook.
0: Yep, it does. Yep, uh, you're absolutely mother, right. And Julie Bavesso, uh freaking amazing character actress, one of seventy that we're gonna bring up over the next hour that are that is that is in this movie. Um she's fantastic. She's fantastic as Vinnie's mom. <laughs> At the oh airport. My, my baby
2: Vincenzo
0: <laughs> Vincenzo.
2: Vincenzo. Oh, Vincenzo. No.
0: <laughs> you know, but but you know uh William Hickey's in this. He plays Billy the Sparrow. One of the guys that is also in witness for protection that have all been dumped in this poor town. <laughs> he's fantastic. Um, Robert uh Miranda. Um our our old buddy Momo. Um Ron oh God, I can't pronounce his last name. Carabastos. Karabastos. Yep, um, He's in yep. there. Yep. Our old buddy from uh from Get Shorty. Uh Momo's in there. It, this is this is just, you know, a fantastic montage of every character actor and actress uh lawanda page from um from sanford and son is in this is in this movie it's just great and and dave hit it right on the freaking on the nose this is exactly the the she shows you the life of the schnook that that can't um can no longer uh um function as as you know as todd you know, and and what hap- what what happens to him, and and how he needs to, because this actually happened. He ended up he ended up you know mobbing up the freaking um the Midwest, didn't he? Uh, you mean Henry
1: Hill, or do you mean
0: Henry Hill? I think, yeah, yeah, Henry Hill. I mean, yeah. he he got busted a few more times for you know being you know getting getting a little out of line, but when you're Henry yeah, Hill, he did. He, what the hell are you yeah, gonna he, do in the middle of nowhere?
1: No, it's true, absolutely, and you know he was able to take a lot of you know the <laughs> what he was dealt with and the hand that he was dealt with and make stuff out of it. And you saw Vincent Antonelli do that in this movie. You know, you as saw I, him, you know uh, uh, you as
2: I am trained, you
0: see a problem. I see opportunity. <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> and that was, right. You know, yeah, the change, the change collections. You know, as I am the, trained you know, the, for
2: nothing else, I reembark on my uh, career.
1: Oh god, you got That's and the, and how that's I got there the probably. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And how I got here is got to be like the greatest title for a novel in the history. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk
0: about, you know, like a, a great title for an autobiography. Mm-hmm.
1: How I got here has to be right up
0: at the top of the list. But it's true. And and he starts he 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 starts actually pulling jobs and getting guys together and 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 um you know, one of my one of my favorite scenes in, in the movie is is when uh oh god. Uh Joan Cusack, Hannah, pulls him over and he's got and she makes him pop his trunk and he's got all of these books in the back of his trunk and it's the same book. <laughs> it's about how to write a book, how to write why, your life story.
2: Why yeah. do you have twenty five copies?
0: Now, yeah. yeah. Why do you have forty five copies? Well, what if I want to read it more than once?
1: <laughs> in case I want to read it more than once.
0: The anecdotes like, that Vincent
1: Antonelli is able to tell is unbelievable. I mean, the story yeah. about the short the swordfish, and just—I mean, just, just the oh the fantasy God. goes off on are hilarious.
2: While while he is like playing with a basketball, bouncing it from hand to hand around his back, spinning it on his fingers, and she's hypnotized. Joan Cusack's great in that scene. She's watching Steve Martin play with this basketball and just getting totally sucked into his story, totally getting ju- uh, uh, hypnotized by this basketball, and then. And then she breaks herself out of the trance and tries to, you know, uh, get tough with him. But every time, but every time here comes Rick Moranis to uh, shut it down because they can't charge him it. No,
0: you can't. This man's a material witness and he's going to be testifying in New York on three different cases in the next, you know, Six months, you can't arrest him. Leave me alone. Goodbye. <laughs> it, it just aggravates the hell out of her throughout this, this entire
2: freaking week with uh, with Joan Cusack, where he gives all the excuses, where he talks about going to say novenas for Thanksgiving because oh. Thanksgiving is a big holiday in Sicily for on account of all the Americans who got kicked out, what? and <laughs> and uh, when, when Barney makes him apologize. Uh it makes him say makes him promise to never do it again. And Vincent mm-hmm. raises his right hand and says, I never did anything in the first place, which is what I was trying to explain. Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: All right. Well and that that brings us to the end of this one. We've done all the quotes. <laughs> and now we're moving on. But you know yeah, this movie this movie, guys, for some reason was was not embraced by the critics it was really panned mm-hmm. by most critics uh at the time and i never understood why i didn't um i did not see this in the movie theater i didn't i i didn't see it until it came out like like david read it on on hbo i don't i don't know about about you mike um but when i going back in and, and whenever we were getting ready to do a show i like to go back and read some of the um some of the uh the, the reviews, and this movie was not reviewed very well.
1: No, it really wasn't. And I think in a lot of ways, I think it was just it was seen as a parody. And I and and that really is a shame because they really I don't think anybody really did it justice. I did not see this in the theater, but I did see this when it came out. And it was a favorite of my friends and I. And this is one of the ones that we used to watch over and over and over again. I mean, just the lines consistently. I mean, Steve Martin mowing his lawn in a white Patent suit over there, going. Hey, <laughs> nice what a he for a role? You know, I mean, you know, really, I mean, come on, I, it's it, it's you know him, you know, coming up behind Carol Kane in the uh, in the in the uh, the, uh, the grocery store, and right. it's very dangerous for you to be here in the frozen food section. Why is that? Because <laughs> you can melt all this stuff. You know, I mean, come on, you know, you got to be able to love that type of a picture right. line. I mean, it's great. You know, How but, do you but know? Uh, exactly. I think.
2: You I think they had to make uh the wrong choice for this movie when they were when they were promoting it. They had to sell it as a parody because it's Steve Martin playing a mobster. And how do you get people to buy into that idea from the start? It just sounds like it's a parody, but it isn't. It's a funny movie, but it's and it's not really parodying mobsters. It's it's a study of this character Henry Hill. And yep. a real life character, a guy who has this sense of humor and who has all of this um, sort of this this mob-like mentality that he takes through life of how to uh, spin everything into some kind of illegal games and how to w- charm everybody and win them over. And it's almost too absurd to believe that this person exists. So it yep. was tough for people to buy into this idea that like, what is Steve Martin doing here? I think today, this movie would have done better than it did then. Uh, also, why is this movie called My Blue Heaven? Uh, you got me. I, I don't know. It's just because of the soundtrack. They use the song on the soundtrack. They call it My Blue Heaven. It's got nothing to do with this movie.
0: Okay. All right, but it, it it's really difficult to to make this type of movie and not get panned by the critics. I mean, it the mm-hmm. people they've tried to do it in a, in different ways. Um Wise Guys came out in 1986, uh the movie Oscar with Stallone in 91, which is really awful. Analyze This got some really good um reviews and and nothing I mean, even eight, eight heads in a duffel bag got frickin' slammed. It, it, it's really rare that you try to do this and it doesn't get killed. Even even the freshman with Brando didn't really get the, the respect I thought it deserved as a movie. You know, Johnny Dangerously did... Um, I thought the whole nine yards was a good flick, but, but trying to do this, trying to make a comedy out of the mafia doesn't always go over as well as Hollywood would expect it to.
2: Let me, let me ask you this. Do you know who was originally supposed to play Vincent Antonelli?
0: Yeah, of course. And
2: that would be (laughs) Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. How do you think I mean, this we, would have gone over? You think we over? don't do our homework here?
0: <laughs> Dave does all the homework, and then I yep. copy off of his pages, and we both get an A.
2: Well, let me ask you this question: How do you think this yep. movie would have gone over if Arnold Schwarzenegger had been playing this Italian mobster with his Austrian accent and his gigantic muscles?
0: See, that's the thing. Um, Dave had go ahead. Dave, you you dug it up, so go right ahead. So,
2: so originally, Steve Martin was was always going to be in this movie. He was supposed yep. to play Barney Coopersmith right. and star alongside Arnold. Uh, and then Arnold got an offer to do, at least this is how the story goes, Arnold got the offer to do Kindergarten Cop. So with no Arnold, Steve Martin slid into the exact opposite role. And, yep. and, 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 but And listen, I think his performance in this movie is incredible. Steve Martin is one of the greatest entertainers of all time. And ah, okay. I love him in this movie. Okay, I love
0: him I, in this movie. I don't. I don't. Lo- I love him in this. I love him in Roxanne. I love him in 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 some. Of the, I I. There are so many movies that I hate Steve Martin in. It's it's unbelievable. What three
2: amigos. The
0: three. Not hate that movie. Can't stand it. What? Hate that, hate that movie. Oh my gosh! Can't no, don't like it. Don't like it at uh, all. I'm I'm, I'm um, Team
1: Dave on this one. Three Amigos is a classic to me, but uh, yeah, I, it I, is. I, I, it's I it's
0: just you know, it's just not my not my thing. I, I I don't know what it is. It's 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 really not. I um I, I'm I'm not just have never been a Steve Martin you know um nut. I, I like Rick Moranis more than I like Steve Martin.
2: Um, uh, Rick Moranis also great in this movie. Yeah, Moranis was great in this movie. Before we talk about Moranis, though, just try to imagine for a second Arnold Schwarzenegger in um, tailored suits Yep, trying to be an Italian mobster. Does that make any sense? No, he did that. He did that. He did that in what?
0: um, Oh, God, what was the name of the movie? Now, see, the thing is, the thing that Dave... Dave, not the, the thing that Mike he, he had, it, he had brought up, <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that Mike dug up is he wasn't supposed to play this as an Italian.
2: Oh, okay.
1: No, he actually was. No, he was. The original concept oh. when they started to do this was that he was going to play the Italian mobster because they wanted it to be a parody on Henry Hill. They wanted it to be a parody, uh, not a parody, but they wanted it to to mimic that. When Schwarzenegger was signed on, they started to wonder whether or not it would ever be taken seriously. So they thought maybe it should have been Eastern European mob. So they did toy mm. around with the idea of maybe making him this, uh, you know, like this Russian mobster or something like that, to that effect, yeah. if they wanted to try to make it work. In a lot of ways, they were very glad when Schwarzenegger got the offer to do kindergarten coffee, because it really freed them up to do what they wanted to for a very split second, and this is something that a lot of people don't know, and I want to credit a couple of people that I really went to the Wayback Machine on, on this one. They actually reached out to John Travolta to try to see if he was going to be able to take the uh, the mantle and be Vincent Antonelli to Steve no Martin, Cooper Smith
0: and wow. he was he was already
1: si- he was already signed on to do Look Who's Talking Too and he couldn't <laughs> get out of the deal and really didn't want to wow. get out of the deal uh which i think you know if you probably hindsight the in 2020 i think he would probably regret at this point that rather than new a sequel to that um so uh it ended up being where steve martin just said no you know what i'm going to take the ball and i'm going to do that but when they started writing the movie they had robert de niro in mind as vincent antonelli wow. uh yeah. they were writing the character based on him but that never came to fruition it he been was never in so of the role uh, but but uh, that's originally right. what they wanted. on. But that's context.
2: analyzed this in a way. Like in, in a way, it's it's um, you know De Niro playing uh, his sort of typical mob guy paired yep. with sort of a straight man. It, it, in a lot of ways, it's, it's analyzed this. Uh, Travolta yeah, with, it's with that "Look Who's Talking" movie. They spun that around in like I think nine months or ten months or something to awful. to capitalize yep. on the first one, and it was awful.
0: It was it yep. was just terrible. You know, if they had just left shit alone, that would have been one of the the the, the best family movies of all time, and they ruined it. <clears throat> but I I found the movie that I was thinking about with Schwarzenegger, and that was Raw Deal that he did in nineteen eighty six, where he played the undercover cop okay. that that infiltrated the the Chicago mafia. Oh right, and um yeah, that's a pretty good that was a pretty good movie. It wasn't a great flick, uh, yeah. but it was like right at the the height of of Schwarzenegger's schwarzenegger and and you know, a paycheck's a paycheck, and if somebody's going to give you $20 million or whatever to be in a movie, you do it. And he did it. So that I finally found that one. So that's what I was yeah. thinking about. Um, but no, this 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 movie, it's one of the, it's like you said, Dave, it's one of the flicks that, that you just sit there. You might not own it. And you might not seek it out. You, 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 I hope after tonight, folks seek it out and maybe they Google it or something and find some place to watch it online for free. But it's one of those movies that if you see on, you go and you, you have to watch it. You have to sit down there and make popcorn and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out for the fifteenth time," and and just giggle.
2: Yeah, and um, and talking about Rick Moranis, like. First, well, in talking about Rick, we can't talk about Rick Moranis' character without talking about Wally Bunning. Wally oh, Bunning okay. being, Wally Bunny Bunning being the Padres reliever who gave up 8 runs, uh who blew an 8-run lead in in the previous day's game and then leaves town with Barney Coopersmith's wife. <laughs> and Barney's Barney's uh, driving home from work, listening to the radio, and the guy yep. says, he blew this huge lead, in the of, what? and the Padres go. And the announcer goes, "Folks, what are we going to do about Wally Bunning?" And <laughs> and it shows you how much this movie came out almost thirty years ago. It shows you, I was thirty, yeah, thirty years ago. Uh, yeah. It shows you how much sports radio has changed in the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah, the last there thing they talked about was Wally Bunning, and it was a very nice, like, "What are we going to do? What are mm-hmm. we going to do?" It would be pitchforks and torches today, and yep. And he would have a terrible nickname. Um, he'd be hanging on the Wally Bunting, I think, is where you
1: yeah, would be with him. I was just going to say, I think Wally Bunting is, is pitching in the Red Sox bullpen now. I think that's, a, well,
2: that's a, we won't he get Murph going here. When I, <laughs> uh,
0: let's, no, this is my oh, escape, people. Oh, uh. And you got to, every, time, every I, time I try to get out, they pull me back in.
2: <laughs> I think if Murph could send some people to Wichita, he definitely would. Mm-hmm just a couple just a couple but
0: yeah we're 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 talking about about Rick Moranis and his portrayal here and I thought it was I thought it was you know dead on of the the straight-laced family guy whose whose career in and law enforcement has just ended his ended his marriage, and and he he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't doesn't know where his next move is, and and of course Vinny is 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 going to show him the way, and and he really does throughout this movie. And I think it's it's fantastic the way that these two end up bonding because at a, at a point in time where neither one of them has really anybody else in their life. Um, He's not from there. Neither of them are, are, are from where where they're both, you know, forced to be right now. They don't know anybody. Both their wives left them in October because of the, you know, the um. Oh my God. The, what was it? The, the, pressure, the pressure of Halloween. Halloween. Pressure you, never Halloween. Know what
2: to, you never know what to go
0: at. You don't know what to go at, so they leave.
2: <laughs>
0: and and it really does. They they become they become more than than you know the the sh, the snitch and his handler uh it, it's more than the, the the witness protected and and the the guy who's there to protect him they actually become friends and they they actually end up learning a few things from one another
2: um, they do the way, and you
0: actually see that <laughs> I am yeah, sorry, about dick
2: and the way that Rick Moranis plays it as he's slowly incorporating some of Vinny's um techniques and sort of his jokes and and he's picking as he's. Yeah, and his suits, and he's picking things up. And the way that Moranis plays it, where he's making it clear to us that this is a little out of character for Barney, but he's still selling it to whoever uh, he's talking to, like a flight attendant when he tells her the unscrew a light bulb joke, which uh, <laughs> I believe in 1990 she would politely laugh at, and today yep. I don't think would we'll go over as well. No. But, but, but the way it plays out is like she doesn't know that he's, that he's putting on airs, but we do. And I think it's just it's just the subtle nuance to what uh, Rick Moranis is doing, and um, he's just the perfect straight man in this movie. He yeah, really I think, is. I
1: think Moranis was great in this movie. I think just the way he played it, and you mentioned that, Dave. It's like you see the evolution of this character from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, and it's, it's rare in a comedy where you do get to see that kind of evolution and you see the character evolve. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, believe it or not, is actually when – uh, Hannah Stubbs' ex-husband, um, played by Daniel Stern, who was another you know, great character actor, has been yep. in a ton. You guys probably know him best. Our listeners know him best as Marv from Home Alone. But he was Phil in City Slickers. And, you know, he's, uh, Daniel Stern's been in a ton of movies. But right. um, there's a scene where he comes walking in, and he just basically treats Hannah's house like it's his own. He's basically gone on record to say, oh, you know, I may not live here, but it's still my house. And he's one of these just, like, bully-type experts. You know, husband yep. that comes in and does whatever he wants, and you see the character of Barney Coopersmith, who was so timid and so shy and just kind of watched and just stood there and watched while this ball player that just gave up, you know, eight home runs in, a, in an inning comes in, eight runs, excuse me, in an inning and, uh, you know, just steals his wife and takes her away. He just grabs the guy, bangs his head against the wall a couple of times and says, you want to come in this house, you ring the damn bell and throws him out. Uh, that's really – and you see Cooper Smith really, like, become this – you know, become his own man. And you have to know that that's from – the influence that Antonelli is having on him, seeing how he stands up for himself, how he's assertive and he takes the, the, uh, the bull by the horns and so to speak, and, you know, moves in that direction. Uh, I I thought, I thought Moranis was brilliant in this, Uh, you know, the way he played that straight man, he never lost who he was, but he only enhanced himself because of what Antonelli gave to him. And I think it's, it really is a a brilliant job. Um, Another one of the scenes when they're, undercover and he's with uh, his partner Kirby who's played by Bill Irwin who uh you know I thought took a, a great character part in, in this too. Yep. The uh, the the complete zany, uh, you know, over the top, uh, overzealous partner that just can't wait to go undercover and you see him acting like this, you know, complete yep you know, caricature from something out of Dragnet or something out of like a nineteen fifties or sixties, you know, serial. Uh, but uh, when he's calling him Dickie and they're playing Nintendo and he shuts the console off and says, You call me Dicky one more time and I'll kill you and he turns on the electric <laughs> razor. Just yeah, you know, just brilliant stuff that uh, that Moranis did. And and only really only Moranis could pull a lot of this stuff off with the with the, the gravity that he did. So yeah, I was definitely a big fan of his and I was a big fan of his in this movie.
2: I like to imagine that the Daniel Stern character is Kevin Arnold, fully grown. Oh wow!
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's pretty deep, but you know, it's the voice you got to go for it. So, that's right. You know, he was, mean, that's I, the, yeah.
2: That show was on right around this time when this movie yep. came out. Yeah. So I like to think that this is grown-up Kevin Arnold, who's uh, who's the the tor- who's been tormented his whole life by Wayne, yep. acting out on his ex-wife this way. That's what I think okay. is going on here. That's
0: All pretty right. deep. That uh, that is. That, that's that's a little deep. bit deeper pretty than deep, I
2: get. But, <laughs> well, pretty deep
1: up plausible. I mean, you know, you can you can make the argument, you know. Well, to so the point that, that he has moved a-
2: to San Diego and changed his name. All right. We like this. We like this <laughs> stuff. Keep yeah.
0: Going. We do. We do. Dave's earning his way back to another freaking, you know. Sitting down here at the at the back room of the Shays Bippy. I don't
1: know. I think we're going to have fun. people calling for Dave to take uh, uh, Shays Bippy over. I think we're going to have a hot right? over here. He's oh, going to no. come in. He's
0: well, going to come in know, with some paperwork
1: and go. Yep, this is it. This, I own this w- place now.
0: Whenever I have <laughs> Dave, whenever I have Dave on a show, it always goes off the rails, and and that's the kind of the way it is, and I like it. <laughs> I really do. But this is this is one of those movies that that you were you it, it stands on its own. Um, it, 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 there, there's never been. I, I don't think there will ever be a remake of this film. Um, as we said before, it, it's it is kind of the sequel to good Goodfellas, you know, the the prologue, if you will. And and I hope they never try to mess with it. I don't know about you guys.
2: How could you? Like what they? Do? We're talking you know about Hollywood, man. I know, but you know what? It's it, it's kind of in that perfect space where it wasn't popular enough when it first came out. To really have the the kind of following where you get the nostalgia audience, which you need for a remake. Like you, you need some nostalgia to get people out to go see the movie, and then also some appeal to the new generation, so that uh, that justifies having the remake. I just don't know that this movie is popular enough when it came out. We should maybe stop talking about it, so that we don't yeah, make it popular true. by accident. And with then the,
0: with the hundreds of thousands of people that we we you know touch every week through social media or what wow that came yep. out really wrong didn't it, starts it murph- some,
2: yeah i was gonna i was just gonna move right by that oh man. yeah well yeah, you know exactly. I but couldn't, I was, since we're I there and i am an attorney yeah. i'm just gonna say that murph has never touched anyone through social media okay no never i have no not. actual touching
0: there's um, never been actual touching or or any no 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 new no, no, no. um Okay, moving right
2: along. Uh. Yeah. So, I, if there were a movie, I think if they remade this movie today, it would star Robert Pattinson and Wanda Sykes. Really. That would be it. It would be right. You'd have Robert Pattinson playing the and
0: Wanda Sykes Bertinelli. would play Rick Moranis. Yes. Would would play Barney? That that's yes. okay. All right. I'm glad you went there and not Joan Cusack because that that oh. I might actually pay to see.
2: You know All what? It's That's like not a,
0: Barney Cooper Smith. You wouldn't not even not have to idea change either. his name. That's not, not a bad idea. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It really isn't.
2: I mean, her character would be a tough one to replace. I mean, she is, she's exceptional in this movie.
0: Um, she is. She's exceptional in so much. And she gets yeah. overshadowed by the, the, um, the fact that, that she's John's sister. And she's mm-hmm. actually been acting longer than him and she's she's just as fun an actress, but I think they, they've been you know, they're they're so tied together that um I think she doesn't get her due. She she really doesn't. She doesn't get her due. Joan is, is a fantastic actress. Uh, unfortunately one of her favorite um one of one of my favorite movies that she's she's in, her brother is also in and that's uh gross point blank. I think she's amazing love that <laughs> Gross point blank. I love that's that another man. movie. That's another movie that we could probably skirt on on this this show since you know it, it is kind of organized crime being a hitman <laughs> and having having a dirty little hitman he, guild. We could probably get into that movie. While it doesn't that, that focus
2: type. on the mob, it is um he is a vendor to mobs. So, right.
0: yeah, exactly. And I think you are know, talking about a contractor for sure. We, we've gone out of our way before and, and, and we'll do it again. And the, you know, this, this, the, but this week w- was not out of our way. And I, I've, I've really fricking, I, I really liked going back and taking another look at this film and, and just, you know, the way it spoke to, to that time in, in movie history when, as we were talking about the the big budget blockbusters were were being made in this genre, where you know thing thing movies like Goodfellas and Casino were being made, and there were also the, these other little sub context movies about the mafia that were 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 flooding theaters that that weren't the big budget films, and they were just there to be entertaining.
2: You know there are no, completely, completely agreed. Go ahead, Dave. There are two things in this movie. There, there are two philosophies of Vincent Antonelli's that have been part of my life since I saw this movie. For one, I never take my wallet out and wave it around at a baseball game. <laughs> and that is true. And I don't. Take, yep. And I. Don't, and because of this movie, I don't take my wallet out anywhere. Like, like, I'm very discreet about how I take it out of my pocket because I don't okay. want people to know which pocket it's in. Because when you're in a crowd, they always use a bumper. After they've spotted where your wallet is, they use a bumper to bump into you. So because Brilliant. of that, I, I, whenever I'm in a crowd, I move my wallet into my front pocket, put my hand in there so yep. that uh, somebody can't you know do the bump and take my wallet. Also... I don't believe it's not tipping that I believe in it's over tipping ever since there I've seen you this go movie, I, I, if I, if I'm at a restaurant and it comes down to, uh, you know, you round to whatever 20% and then you say, okay, it, it could be a uh, dollar more or a dollar less. I'll always go a dollar more. If I'm in a cab, I always give like $2 more than I think I should because maybe I, my math was off and it's because of this movie over tipping.
0: Yep, there you go, and that was that was a conversation that that we had on Twitter about a month ago. That went on for three days. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember days.
1: that. Yeah, I actually do remember seeing that,
0: and it is now, you
1: you can you can see the uh, the philosophies of life that just eludes from this movie. It's Let's great. See.
0: What what I learned from this movie is the fact that it, it, you know it happened before I left home and before I moved out to you know live in different parts of this country and and drive for as many years as I did that you can't get good marinara sauce outside of New York and New England you you can't it's just it it's not um you, you you sit down at a restaurant and they bring you bread and it's a fucking popover <laughs> what what the hell is it there's, there's nothing in it what the frig is this there's nothing in it it's a popover it. <laughs> But it, 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 and it, you know,
1: it, it's those little, it's those little tidbits that you can see in these movies that that you pick right. up where the guy's sitting down, he's putting the napkin over his. Like, hey, the old mafine. I mean, you know, the, who else, who else is going to get that? But you know, somebody right. you grew up with hearing that. You know that that, uh, that that's called the mafine. So you know, it's just, it's, yeah. Little there you go. Like that. And, 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 and and maybe glad, that goes, goes to, to... The
0: and maybe that 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 goes to you know these movies not exactly being. Um household names or, or movies that didn't go over well in the rest of the country i bet it went over really well here in the northeast because this is the you know and in new york new jersey because this is the way that we grew up and in you yep. know you, you you think about these things when you go on vacation and it's like you're at disneyland you don't order spaghetti and meatballs at disneyland, kids you just don't because they don't know how to do it they might now but they didn't then and um and it's just the, the 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 differences when when you get out of your comfort zone, and you've got to explain to the vegetable guy what arugula is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, what the hell's that? It's a vegetable. He named bag. his dog Fungul for Christ's sake. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Bravo. Oh, they didn't let you take your dog.
0: Oh. What was his name? Mm. F-
1: and the then
2: the answer to his Fungool. name. Fungul. He finds <laughs> out. He finds out that the district attorney is trying to replace her son's turtle, which she killed, and and she passed off another turtle as the original turtle, and then he uses that to blackmail her later in the movie. Yo. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> brilliant. It would
0: be a real shame for them to
1: find out. Yeah, <laughs> and the look on Jon knocked, knocked off, abs- you knocked off their, tur-
2: their turtle. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and and later, and the look- yeah,
2: when he offers up the information on his FBI handler, who he thinks is is like this Canadian uh, fencer, he offers up yep. the information. She's like, "Are you making a deal with me?" I don't know. Am I? I don't know. Am I? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh man! I knew this show was going to go this way. I really did. I really fucking. Did. I'm so happy that I was right. I, I love this movie. You don't understand. I love sometimes this movie. it's great, always being right. Some, a lot of times it's. You know, I people, thought I me, loved it,
1: this movie. Hearing Dave and the joy he's getting by talking about this movie, I realize that I definitely, as much as I love this movie, I don't love it as much as him. And I say that with every bit of reverence. It's it's great. This has been this has been a blast. <laughs>
0: It it um, really has. It, this is this has been amazing. I, I I really enjoyed doing this and I really enjoyed looking back at this movie and I do even more so now. And um but I mean one of one of the things that I, I did want to talk about was, was the fact that, you know, all of the guys that that got dumped into this small town and how he really re embarked on his career. Um, this, this is, is not something that, that you would think would be lifted from, from the book about Henry Hill. Would you guys?
2: (laughs) No, I mean, that, that's one of the things I've been trying to sort out here is how much of this is just sort of taking a Henry Hill's personality and mixing it up with some of these story elements and how much of these. Are, are things they really observed. Because I just want to know if Henry Hill wanted to build the first domed Little League stadium.
0: I I really am I'm not sure. Because I, I really, I it's really a
2: spectacular don't... idea. Um, it is. And it seems for a while that he is using empty water containers to run a fake charity, which is a brilliant money-making scheme. But yep. he has actually been... He has his get out of jail free card by actually fulfilling the charity. He's actually... Right. Uh, he actually sure, built the stadium. Now, I'm sure that there may be some uh, cost overruns, uh, so, some some uh, no-show jobs involved here, but this Couple. stadium yep. is being built. I don't want to know who's buried in left field, but...
0: <laughs> but Hoffa. Hoffa sta- is buried in left field.
2: I, listen, you said it, okay? <laughs> You said it.
0: But like the metal lands. I just He's buried right
2: at the Vincent
0: Antonelli Stadium. I, I Vincent I would Antonelli not be Memorial surprised. Stadium,
1: yep.
2: I That's would not be it. surprised if this if this little league stadium came in uh past deadline and over budget by a lot. Mm. All right? That's all I'm saying.
0: That's it. And I want to ask you guys both, which stadium would you rather go to, this or the Field of Dreams? <sighs>
2: Ah, uh, am I going to the field of dreams when the ghosts are out? Yes, I think I think I have to do that.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I'd I, rather I tend to agree there.
2: I'd rather watch this movie, My Blue Heaven. Then, okay, that field of yep. dreams. Agree, but because but it's in
0: the middle of fucking nowhere, people. If,
2: yeah, if you're gonna have Babe Ruth, you know. <laughs> Uh, Shaggin flies with, uh, you know, shoeless Joe Jackson. I think, I think that's a, that's one he can't pass up.
0: It is just to bring it back around though. You know, it, it is, it is, you know, amazing. He he runs into the guy, into all these guys, Johnny bird and, and, you know, and Billy Sparrow and, you know, all the, all these guys that are just, you know, plop down in the middle. And I can't think of anything more funny than the U S government, um and and the manifest destiny of uh, <laughs> of organized crime. Being the facilitators of of, of organized crime's manifest destiny and, and being spread out throughout the, the United States because we can't send anybody back to Sicily anymore. They were born here. <laughs> <laughs> But this is just a great movie and I hope you folks go out and check it out and and watch it, you know, either for the first time or for the 50th time and and just in, enjoy it. This is a movie you can sit down and enjoy with your kids no matter how young they are. Even even Doc Doc could probably watch this. Dave's son Doc Brown. Um yes, I did name Dave's son. And uh his his wife did not agree with me and put something down on the else down on on the birth certificate but i'm going to keep calling him doc for the rest of his
2: life I, even though i have to say first of all you came up with a name i liked before she did um, Wow! so it took three days for us she's to not home her. is she she's not in this room <laughs> but uh but no it took us three days we we had a we had a girl's name picked out but we didn't mm-hmm. know the gender uh we could never come to a consensus on a boy's name and i think I think I might have suggested Murdoch so we, we could call him Doc Brown. I think you and I talked about this, and you yep. agreed. You said if I went through with that that you would buy him a DeLorean when he turned 16. I
0: did, and she and, would not.
2: And she said no, And um, because my wife does not understand um, the 80s or uh, Back to the Future or uh, selling yep. cocaine out of, um, out of your car dealership. But <laughs> anyway – the point is, is that then three, I do not sell cocaine later, out of my
0: car dealership. That's not what Dave was getting no, at. No,
2: John DeLorean did. Like <laughs> John he, DeLorean did. Thank you. He used you. the cars to smuggle cocaine, okay? Well, That's that the history I'm trying fault. to teach my son about. And if Margaret Thatcher
0: like, had not driven him to that, that wouldn't have happened, but she what?
2: did. Margaret Thatcher did it? She she caught him? No,
0: Margaret Thatcher, like, slashed the... the some subsidies that were going to Northern Ireland where the the car was going to be built and um, DeLorean was broke. And that's why he frickin' turned to smuggling coke (laughs) and South Thatcher's. See, off the rails. You bring Dave in somewhere and the show goes off the rails and here we are, me bitching about the British monarchy and Margaret Thatcher and fuck you. (laughs) Where were we? (laughs) Mike, bring us back. Bring us back to reality, please.
1: I don't know if I can bring us back to reality right now. I'm in I'm in DeLorean. I'm, I'm, I'm traveling at the speed of light right here. I just did 88 miles per hour. listen. Um, we need
2: you to yep. we need you to plug in, Mister Fusion. Okay, and get us back into the right movie.
1: There you go. <laughs> well, there we go. All right, I just turned my time circuits on, so now we are definitely coming back. And I think I can bring us back. We were talking about the coming together of some of the mafia underworld and putting together all these this collection of of gangsters that were informants to the FBI basically and putting them all in yeah. close proximity all coming together and you'd mentioned all the guys like Billy Sparrow and Dino and Nicky and Richie and all the all those yeah. the, the crew that uh that um that uh, you know, Vinny brought uh, back together. And it's amazing. At the end of the film you see all these guys, he gets all these guys work in this new stadium. You know, they're either selling, you know, uh, you know, items or they're uh, you know, they're they're working somehow and in uh and this so he, uh, he really kind of takes care of his guys at the uh at the end of the day he makes he you does. know he makes them all legitimate you know i mean whether whether it was his intention right from the get go or not he ends up making good on exactly what he said he was going to do he gives these kids a new stadium and he ends up being the uh the toast of the town in uh in, in freiburg there so uh uh definitely good it really gives them some some dapper uh, uh you know uniforms. the freiburg you know, those suits guys running up Freiburg Turtles, you know, you got That's it. The turtles. Of course, that's it. Oh yeah, of course, of course, Julie Pavasso. You know, shaking the hand of the uh, the the, uh, the umpire. Yeah, the Freiburg Turtles. They're gonna win, huh? Bribery <laughs> <laughs> oh, right I to got the it. end. You gotta love it. That's it. it. That is, right that's to the end. Name.
0: That's how you do it. And that's you know another good good thing that you know that this movie brought out when 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 barney had had dropped him off at his new house and he tries to freaking slip a a hundred into his hand (laughs) he's shaking his hand on the way out and i'm 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 the federal government you don't i'm the fbi you don't tip the fbi sure you do do. (laughs) right right
2: after right after he gives him a social security number which he totally makes up on the spot and throws in an extra digit yep that's that's too many numbers Take Nine. off the five.
0: Take off the five. <laughs> take off the five. <laughs> Brilliant! Oh my god! Oh man! And and and, it, and in the end of it, you you can't take off the five because if you take off the five, you take off the giggles in this movie, and that's what it's all about. It, it, it was a nice little breath of fresh air. It was an aperitif from from the the mob movies that that we're all. Um so in love with it, except, of course, for Dave, who, you know, just says, <laughs> fuck you, I don't want, I no, I don't. And this is listen, the only time that he's probably I, ever going to be on.
2: I'm not yeah. saying that any of those other movies are bad. I'm saying mm-hmm. I would so much rather watch this one. It's just, listen, every mob movie has the benefit of life and death stakes and has it there throughout. And this movie does not have that. There is one scene where they come uh well actually two scenes where where they come to to hit men come and try to take out Vinny. And you know both times no one's dying. It's a no. comedy. The only no one dies in this movie except a turtle. Okay? And that that level of of um you know is this character as an anti-hero going to survive that that is a huge adrenaline kick that all these movies benefit from. This movie doesn't have that. It has to be smart and it has to be funny. Um, you know, I, I think about how the Sopranos, we were talking about all these, these sort of funny mob movies earlier. And I would say the Sopranos is just as funny as any of them, but it also has that life and death stakes in every episode where you're like, for some reason they, they make you believe that, that Tony could get killed at any time. Uh, that's sort of the genius there is that they had these great jokes, and they also have it's not known as a comedy, it's very funny, but it has the life and death stakes, and it, it lulls you into believing that the star of a seven season series could die at any time. Um, but this movie, My Blue Heaven, it, it does a lot of hard work to make up for the fact that, that um, it doesn't put you on the edge of your seat, it just entertains you from the beginning, to right?
0: Back. You do, you, it you does. sit back, you sit back deep in your couch and you get you get entertained and and that's what what movies are all about and um in in this day and age you, you really you don't get to do that that often anymore because everything is is a huge blockbuster whatever you're going to go out and see you're going to spend 50 bucks on or 80 bucks if you got if you got kids and you have to find a babysitter um and it, movies like this don't use don't get made anymore uh, and if they do, they're 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 not in theaters for a long time, and you you have to wait for it to you know maybe Netflix would do something like this or, or or one of the um one of the pay channels and and you you're lucky enough to catch it on on uh, at home with the family. You, people don't really go out and see these kind of movies anymore because Hollywood isn't interested in making them, and and that's too bad. And it it just goes back to you know. Economics and and what you're spending your money on, and if if you're going to spend that kind of money on on a film, more than likely it's it's probably going to be one of those movies that does have you at the edge of your seats, don't you think, guys?
1: Oh, definitely, absolutely, and you know, Dave made me think of something tonight. I think this is probably the, and I don't, I wouldn't say probably, I would say almost definitely, this is going to be the movie with the lowest body count that I think will ever. Chronicle yes. here on the Shape It Mob Pod, my friend. There I really, you go. I don't think we're going to find another one. There have been some, you know, there have been some, you know, comedic movies that we probably will, you know, uh, chronicle down the line. But uh, I think this is probably the lowest body count out of any of the, uh, the movies that uh, uh, that we've uh, uh, reviewed here. So, uh, yeah, definitely
0: a, a, an interesting point there, no question. Yep, I'm with you. And when I say I'm with, I'm you, with you, I mean I'm with you. I'm with okay. you. I don't
1: mean it like an expression
0: like I know what you mean. I mean, I'm with you I'm with the uh, government. With you. I'm with the government. And we and folks we're, we're glad you're with us. Um I can't think of a better way to to end this one. Um it, it's been fantastic having you here, Dave. It it's always a joy to to to, you know, sit down and talk any subject with you whatsoever. Um it, Next time, I, I want to get you on the the sports infusion real quick because I, I really need to talk to you about your new client. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, we'll see how that goes.
0: But until then, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you on social media, but yeah. Where they can read you and all that happy fun stuff.
2: So yeah, if you want to um, if you want to watch me argue with Chiefs fans about Tyree Kill, uh, you can oh. find me on Twitter. That is at that Dave Brown. Uh they're not leaving me alone and um nope. and so I look forward to that forever. I
0: I yeah I've had you muted for 2 days because I just can't <laughs> take these fucking Kansas City fans every, anymore. Every time yeah. I mute
2: a Chiefs fan, 3 more come in and take three your more place. Come in
0: stop stop feeding Chiefs fans after midnight. Uh, don't get enough. them wet.
2: I, I fair enough don't, and don't get them wet. if you, know, you want to read – yeah, if you want to read anything of my my stories, most of which are not about Tyree Kill, uh, you can go to the Patriots blog on the Concord Monitor.
0: That's it, man. And it is it is you get uh, what six free ones a month, and then after that you got to pay like a nominal little fee. And believe me, I do not boom up for the Athletic. I do not boom up for you know other other sites where you have to pay. I am not even paying to frickin' go to, go read the guys over at. Uh, over at the Boston Herald. I mean, come on, people. Come on. But I do boom up to go over and, and read at the Concord Monitor and to to read Dave's stuff. It's fantastic. I suggest you uh you all do it too. Somebody who doesn't hide behind a paywall also is my buddy Mike over here. Mike, tell everybody where they can follow you and where they can read you.
1: Uh you can always follow me on Twitter at M D A B A T E F T C You can find uh, content of myself and all our great writers of Full Press Coverage at fullpresscoverage.com. Make sure to give uh, our page a uh, follow at FPC underscore Patriots as well. Um, Also find my work, uh, for those of you that live in the Rhode Island area, and I'm not going to get Dave started on that right now, (laughs) but uh, you can follow me also at the Smithfield Times RI monthly content there as well. Um, And as always, you can always catch me right here. Right on the same stool. Well, not the same stool. That would be pretty weird. But uh, the stool next to my good friend um, Thomas Murphy here on the Shape Iffy Mob Pod on SoundCloud and on Full Press Radio.
0: That's it, man. And you guys know where you can follow me at TMurf207. And that's the easiest way to find out whatever I feel like ranting about that day. And uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, for being a part of my life and, and coming to do this show. We actually put off uh, the Godfather show to have Dave on this week and do this. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. We will be back uh, in two weeks with another one. Until then, the Shaves Bippy is closed and, uh, you know, Salute everybody. And now you can leave. Now you can leave.